0: Live two. Hey guys, good
1: morning. To, welcome to week zero. We are uh, we're doing a tailgate show, but no one's tailgating just yet. It's still week zero, uh, but we're working on our, still preseason for us, except for we are joined by waiting since last Saturday's Tony Waller, who is actually attending the Nebraska, Illinois, uh, Illinois is is dear to his heart. He used to work there and he and some friends are traveling up there to watch the game. Welcome, Tony.
0: Hey man, I appreciate it. Uh, thanks for thanks for having me. I'm streaking through uh, down I-74 through cornfields. Well, of course, I say that now it's soybeans, but uh, yeah, I, I have a sickness. I have to go see some college football live and in person. So um,
1: we, we uh, it's it, you know, you're flying by the seat of your pants. You got in last night. You got rental car problems, so the tailgate hasn't quite happened yet. I'm playing in a golf tournament, so we're just gonna we're just gonna do this. Graham, the newlywed, is with me. Welcome, Hello. Graham. Thank you. Congrats,
0: Graham.
2: Thank you, thank you.
1: And uh, we're excited. Um, we're going to talk some week zero, but before we talk week zero, let's talk about the dogs. Um, we all of us have been talking and reading and reading the tea leaves out of practice and, and pressers and stuff like that. But we're seven days away. We're going to be most of us going to be in Charlotte next this time next week. So we're kind of we we doing some analysis most of the time, but we're going to talk a little narrative. And uh, what has you most excited? from all the news. I know we've had a lot of bad news and we've talked about some of the injuries and stuff, but is there anything that's got you excited uh, coming out of, uh, coming out of Buttsmere this week?
0: I mean, for starters, Adam Anderson saying he's going to get 20. It feels like 20 is a low number of stacks for him. Um,
2: that was that, exciting. That
0: was. I gotta, <laughs> I gotta be honest. That made my, that made parts, parts of my body tingle.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, and in a good way. In a good way. Uh so you know, that's. I think the primary, the overarching thing is, I, uh, I. I hope our injuries. I don't. I don't hold any hope that, you know, Washington or, uh, uh, Tyke Smith are, are going to play, uh, against Clemson just because it feels like there's enough noise out there to make make me believe that part of it. But I, I just overall, I like where we are. Is a – like. I'm excited to see what happens with Monk and having toys at his disposal and feeling comfortable to, to let those toys, uh, let those toys out of the box a little bit.
1: Grant, what do you, what, what's got you uh, juiced up for uh, the news that we're hearing?
2: Yeah, no, I, I, am kind of with Tony. I think there seems to be a bit of just like a quiet confidence sort of emanating from, from Butts Mare right now. And Generally in college football, if you believe you're going to win, um, actually believe you're going to win, then oftentimes you do. And I think, you know, we it, it's a little different than kind of the end of the Rick era where like with some games like this, we would sort of see kind of like that that fake kind of macho attitude or, you know, some someone would try to chirp or start a fight in the tunnel before the game. And then we'd hit the field and get like blown out by Alabama in the rain. So that part feels good. Um, I I think the other thing that, that probably has me feeling best is the continued reviews of of Brock Bowers, just looking really, really good. Um, You know, we did the show Josh on how tight ends were the best way to attack the Clemson defense. And then we lost Darnell to injury like three days later. So, you know, I think we've known he's going to be an able receiver, but I'm hearing good things about him kind of potentially in that like H-back blocking role, which I think is important in this game for our young O-line against a really good Clemson front seven. So that has me feeling positive as
1: well. Yeah, we were were talking about the G-Day game, and I was kind of busting uh, Jeremy's chats about Brock Bowers, and here he is. He looks to be – Uh, near the top of the depth chart game one against Clemson so uh you know Jeremy was hot on him and he from everything I've heard he's uh he's the real deal with athleticism and size and speed um I don't think he's quite ready to block the DNs in the in the ACC uh and the SEC but uh he's going to learn real fast and I think Georgia fans have a a lot to be excited about there um so what you know we the elephant in the room is, are the injuries. And um, I think that what, you know, we're, we all like to gamble a little bit. We all pick games and stuff. And one of the things, you know. Skill no, we players, would never do that. Here. <laughs> skill position players, you know, often are overvalued, I think, by sort of the, I don't know, the casual betting or the casual fan. Uh, but cluster injuries are noteworthy. And no, you know, we, we seem to have Cluster injuries at the, the receiver position, whether it's uh, missing um, missing uh, Gilbert or Darnell, missing a game, and just sort of a lot of guys coming back. Do you think that Monk, you, you talked about that, Tony, do you think Monkins has got enough weapons to, to uh, challenge this
0: Clemson defense? Well, it's interesting. That's one of the things we talked about this week on Waits since last Saturday. And Will, in particular, brought up this is why you recruit at the level you recruit at in your Georgia. Uh, because you literally can plug and play, which is kind of been the part of the genius of Saban's time at Alabama, and frankly, probably Tabo's time at, at Clemson. Uh, I, and I think, I think we're there, right? And would it, would I feel better if we had Pickens and, and Eric Gilbert and, and Washington available? Of course. Am I comfortable that there's a drop off between whomever is next up? Sure, but is the drop off such that it puts us behind? any team on our schedule by Clemson? I don't don't think so. Um, And I I include Florida in that. And the reality is, it's like we could actually be level with Clemson. we'll we'll talk about that on on our our podcast this week, and I'm sure y'all will too, but it it just feels like this is why you you build the recruiting uh, machine you build so that if someone gets hurt or you have a cluster of injuries, you're not in a situation where your second string guy is a true freshman and really, really can spend some time on the scout team. You've got a redshirt freshman who spent time on the scout team last year. Oh, and also played three games uh, because he's too good to keep off the field. And and that's, that's, that's the great part of where where we are. So I'm not, I mean, I I wish we had people, uh, some of those people in, but I'm not terribly concerned about where we are with them. Now, uh, a week from tomorrow, I could have a totally different take, obviously. But I, today, I feel I feel pretty good about where we are.
1: Yeah, I mean, one of the thing, one of the narratives, you know, that I, I, we keep saying that word narrative. I think you guys do such a good job of, of talking through all of those narratives on, on and since last Saturday. And, you know, one of the narratives that's still floating around is comparing the first five years of Kirby and Mark Rick. And I think that, that you, mm-hmm. what you talked about is that recruiting uh, – results don't even compare to what Mark Richt did. I mean, he was good, but Kirby is just taking it to a new level. And yeah, like you say, it allows for, you know, to, you know, next man up truly. And that's what the Alabamas have had. That's what the Ohio States have had. And and it feel, we're going to find out if Georgia has it, to be honest.
2: Yeah. My, my thing on this is, you know, with, with Gilbert, like go back to earlier this, this spring, or earlier this summer before he transferred in, and, like, how did you feel about Georgia's chances then before he was even on the roster? You felt pretty good. I think most of us did. So, yeah, it sucks that he's out, but it's also, like, I think, you know, a lot of us were never expecting him to to be part of the season and we're still really high on Georgia's chances. And I think that Georgia will probably get him back at some point, just kind of reading the tea leaves. But – like Tony said, I mean, and like Will said, and and you know, it, it's why you recruit, but I think the other piece of this is, it's also like Kirby Smart said on the podium after that LSU SEC championship game lost two years ago and said, we have to get better wide receivers. And he went and signed three of the top 50 overall players in the country that were wide receivers, you know, a month later on early signing day. And, like, he has been building that position up. And uh, uh, A.D. Mitchell is a great example of a guy, like, three-star guy, not the most well-hyped. Staff did their work. They evaluated on him. Kid who, you know, didn't play uh, high school football last year because of COVID, kind of fell between the cracks in recruiting. And he's probably going to be in the two-deep rotation against Clemson so I think that they've done a good job I think you know it's always important to remember that Mocken's background is as a receivers coach and if you look at his offenses historically his receiving cores run routes really well they do the little fundamental things to create space very very well and a lot of that stuff is not necessarily skill or athleticism it's it's good
1: coaching so I trust that he'll have those guys ready to go. I think one of the things that I'm excited about is, and it, I, I don't know if, if he's being talked about enough or, or maybe I don't listen to the right folks, but I'm excited that James Cook is going to get, I believe he's going to get more snaps and, and targets and touches with these injuries because I think he's uh, a little bit of a, of a Swiss Army knife for Monken, and, and I'm quite excited for him to get a chance to really be a star in his, his, this season that he came back. Um, it, it, am I wrong to think that, uh, Tony, that, that Cook should have an expanded role for this the Clemson game?
0: No, I, I can see a world where through the first four games, Cook is, is, is the lead receiver, uh, oh. at least reception one. Um, because what you do, if you figure out a way to put Cook and White or Cook and Milton or Cook and, you know, whomever on the field at the same time, you're basically making a linebacker make a really hard choice about, okay, are they in a run package or pass package? Because the, the cool part about cook and he, he blocks way above his size. Hmm. So you can put him out, uh, almost like a, a split in or an HVAC kind of position, hybrid HVAC kind of thing. And he can, he can still provide pass pro or, um, or he can do the, you know, the quick chip and then roll out the, for the, for the wheel route. But what are you going to do? you got, you know, you got Zeus back there. You got to account for him too, and you're just you just create matchup problems for your linebackers at that point. Uh, not to mention, he's just, he's just such he's so slippery as a receiver. He's just he's hard to account for because he has great speed. He has also has such great vision for open spots in the field. And I think having a, a summer with he and JT to work together, I think that could be that could be a pretty big deal.
2: Yeah, I agree. And I, I mean, I think the other thing about this that we maybe haven't talked about too much is this is probably a really good solution. Uh, like having cook and Macintosh line up in the slot some and catch balls is a good solution to how you get touches to, to all four of those running backs, because it's hard to split carries between four guys and, and do it probably in a way that, that does all of them justice because they all have enough talent to, to kind of deserve like starter level carries. And so I think for Georgia being in that situation for the first month of the season and being able to, to maybe target a cook, you know, six, seven times a game in the in the passing game and a Macintosh four to six times a game. I mean, go back and look at the spring game. I think running backs had what, like 18 receptions or 22 receptions. It was a crazy number. Um, so it seems like that's sort of part of the game plan. And I mean, even just the check down stuff, I think, is a little scary to think about once, you know, once Georgia's gotten the defense kind of stretched out a little bit and hit a couple of vertical passes down the field and, and made that defense back out of the box. All of a sudden, you dump a ball off to a guy like Cook and he's got a linebacker in space and no one else around him. Uh, that's, you know, kind of frightening for a defense.
1: Um, so we're talking narratives, and uh, we're, we're still confident that the that, that offense is not going to be completely hamstrung and maybe even having a, a, a great game with all the weapons from the recruiting. One of the other narratives that I, that has been all over national, uh, all preseason, all summer, is the uh, it's now or never for Kirby Smart. Um, I don't think any anybody that, that is doing a Georgia podcast uh, – believes that to be the case but certainly that's a story um without since we're not going to talk about that what are some of the other narratives <laughs> <laughs> i just got it out no we're not going to talk about that we can talk about the alliance if you really want to beat a it no
0: order. hell no so hey, be, but, be cool i'm in alliance territory that's <laughs> true you are man oh, and,
1: and, and full disclosure tony is not operating the camera he is legally operating the vehicle hands free his buddy paul shout out to paul um, is operating the camera, and uh, if you guys want to see some flat? Uh, pa- can you tell Paul to, to pan over through the uh, through whatever field you're
0: pa- crossing through in Southern Illinois? Uh, well, actually, we're we're going through uh, we're going we're going through the Sangamon River Valley, so it's all trees right now. all right. That's, all right. that's the dog sports live way. Okay, so what? Are, yeah.
1: All right, so back to my point. What are we, what narratives, what other narratives do we need to bust or that just really
0: just tired of hearing that, that just aren't the case for those really paying attention to this team? I mean, to me, the one that, uh, the one that I'm, I'm ready to be done with is Kirby won't change his offense. Yes. Uh, you know, I, it's, I, it, it, look, I realize ESPN, ESPN assignment editors have to make sure that they get eyeballs and they follow the AJC rule, which is, uh, what drives clicks to their website are saying good things about Alabama bad things about Georgia. And, and ESPN has really latched on to that. And that's fine. I get it. You know, you, you, you know, we, we are a pessimistic lot, and, um, we, we would much rather, we'd much more likely click through an article and be mad and also uh, feel like we're validated in our belief that things are going to go poorly. Um, then click through an article, um, uh, you know okay <laughs> with uh you know Bill Conley saying George's George is there, right? Um, so I and that that's the one I'm ready to be done with.
2: Yeah, so I'm um, I mean I'm with you. I think to to take your original point a little bit further, I think the specific narrative that I'm really tired of is like this this idea that that Kirby still has his hands on the wheel in some way or you know doesn't Doesn't want anything other than a man ball type of approach because, a we've listened to him say in his own words many many times that he gets it like he understands the the Saban thing of we got to score points and good offense beats good defense in modern college football, but b if you cover Georgia football and you watch Georgia football last year it was very clear that the offensive concepts were night and day different from the James Coley era and, and even the, the Jim Cheney era. And there was a lot of times where wide receivers were, were very open downfield and uh, you know, whether it was Stetson Bennett or to a very much lesser extent, JT Daniels towards the end of the season or DeJuan Mathis, like early in the year, those guys were not seeing the field very well. They were not, targeting those wide receivers that were open downfield. And I feel like it just kind of kept the same narrative going of like the same Georgia offense is happening here. And it's like, well, no, like we went into a game at Alabama with Stetson Bennett and, and passed the ball, you know, two to one in the first half. And, and, you know, we're in the lead and then things just kind of fell apart. He had just couldn't kind of take us all the way there. But like, if you watch the games, instead of just the box score, like it's very obvious the, the, the route trees are, are much more complex and there's a lot of things that Monkin is doing to scheme guys open downfield. So my thing with going into the Clemson game is with the injuries at wide receiver and with a O line that, that could be overmatched at certain times, it might be smarter to run the ball than it is to, to air it out, you know, 45 times against that defense, and if that happens, I don't want to, like, wake up on Sunday morning to, oh, well, it's the same old Kirby Smart. He's trying to play man ball, and that won't work. And it's like, well, maybe he's just trying to design a game plan around the personnel that's healthy for this one particular game, and let's see how the next, you know, 12 games play
1: out. Yeah. To quote Herm Edwards, who's in hot water, you play to win the game. and. It- <laughs> And if, if that a, means inspirational, if, Josh, thank you. Yeah, if that means, <laughs> I know this is our narrative show. I could just, just talk out my ass. Um,
0: hey, hold hold on, hold on for one second. Um, I have to ask a, a routing question. You're Do you good. Think Fifty-seven okay. down or go through town? This is awesome.
1: This is the, this is
0: what I want out of my live dude. Show. Hell yeah. This, down. Okay, yeah. Show corn by the way, if you don't mind.
2: Corn, corn, corn,
0: corn guys, corn. corn <laughs> We're uh, are almost rolling into Champagne. So i just had to figure out which way the thought. Do you do you think I should go all the way down or take seventy two University?
1: <laughs> this is
2: awesome.
0: Whatever you think, I'm fine. Uh, let's get closer to campus.
2: That's right. We are uh, we're on campus. Dog Sports Live is getting closer to on campus this morning.
1: Yeah, yeah the the, uh, the uh, Champaign- Sorry, Champaign- Illinois uh, bureau is is routing is uh. Is I mean, so
2: I got to ask, man, like, we got to talk about it. How excited are you to see Prather Hudson in the flesh?
0: I'm so, so excited to see Prather Hudson. Uh, <laughs> it's America's favorite fullback uh, turn safety. Yeah, the human um,
2: victory cigar.
0: Yeah, there you go. Uh, so if I see I see him and I'm going to start chanting the game, it's over. Uh, I'll, I'll try to get the horseshoe to start chanting that. Wait, is uh, he playing safety for Illinois? Yeah, he, yeah he's, he's now a safety. Uh, no. That's, that's, a, that's a true thing. It's 100% oh. thing. And then Luke Ford is the, the second-string tailback. I'm sorry, tight end. Not tailback. It's, it's, it's Bert, so you never know. He does sure. like the big beefies running the football. Oh, yeah.
1: that's. that's if, if, I, I'm looking at your shirt. You're wearing blue. And this I is am wearing calc- blue, yes. This is calculated because I believe the predominant color is orange. Uh, it, is, and, it is a and color I will not wear. I, 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 excellent. Just that Attaboy. should be pointed
0: out that even though, oh, uh, 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 there's some orange. Uh-oh. But yeah, Paul, Paul's got an orange. He offered an orange shirt to me, and I, 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 I thoughtfully decided not to leave. Hmm. <laughs> that, <laughs> that was, was very nearly of of Paul. Yeah, well, actually, if if we were not taking 57, I would literally show. I would literally put the goodwill that I took all my orange stuff to my last day in Champagne before I drove to Georgia. Nice. <laughs> So
2: all right, let's talk a little bit about Week Zero. Uh, yeah. I mean, kind of what's what's the vibe this morning? You're heading to a, a stadium that I, it, are are they expecting a full house
0: in champagne today? I mean, they're, they're they're expecting a a a bullish house. Uh, they uh, yeah, I mean they they don't have uh, space limitations. Uh, it's like they're not they're not doing capacity limitations. Uh, they are. Uh, I think they have, to have We have to have a mask on in the concourses. But uh, I, I would say 55,000 of which half will be Nebraska fans. Nebraska still travels really well. Sure. Um, you know, I, I I will say that uh, the it's it's weird being in a town only about 40 miles, 50 miles from, from Champaign, from the very first college football game of the season being played, and uh, literally both both lift drivers were like, "Oh, there's a game!" Uh, so yeah, it's just it's a very different vibe. Uh, so, but I, I I can tell you. The folks are justifiably proud and excited about what, uh, you know, the transition from, from Lovey to Burt, uh, will sent me a picture, uh, of his Bert. Run with, <laughs> yeah, 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 <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, This Burt. Um, I sent me a picture, of, uh, the AD, Josh Whitman, a former student, at uh, it does a run every game day. Uh, and like, you know, 50 or 60 people got together this morning to run with AD. Uh, and Will was very excited to get to do that. Uh, he got to because uh, running you know, running anywhere or something. I think. But uh, yeah. uh, you know, I think you know when you talk about the game and, and Graham, you brought up you know bet lines. I, this game feels like a seven-point game, and uh, I, I think it's probably going to be a touch closer than that. But it's uh, it's going to be interesting if Scott Frost loses this game; they might not yep. invite him back on the bus to uh, to Lincoln. So yeah, it's a. Uh, He's in a he's in a very different situation than he was five years ago. he's, he's got to start putting some wins up. Uh, or, or it's going to be Scott Frost Day at Middle Tennessee State next year. Yeah, are you, no, take, are you taking 10%. Illinois in the points? Um, I, I I feel like they can cover the spread. Yeah, I, I, I feel like I feel like a cover is, is fine. Well, yeah, and I take the under. It's fifty five points, and I that that feels like a lot of points for I for took, a, a Burt game.
2: Yeah, I took Illinois in the points. I also took the uh, the first half under, which was twenty seven. Oh yeah, I I just feel like that's a lot. Put that money in the bank. Yeah, that's a lot of points for Illinois and Nebraska in Week Zero. Waking up kind of early in the Central Time Zone feels like you know we'll have a nice like ten to six kind of halftime score. We don't want to pull a muscle here early in the season. Yeah. Um. So I mean, yeah, like. Are you are you going to Georgia Clemson next week as well, or? Is, uh, oh, you're damn Georgia right! Orleans I'm going to Georgia that.
0: Clemson next week. Absolutely. Nice.
2: I might just That's drive here to go
0: to, go to Charlotte. I don't know.
2: You should, man. I'm. I'm no, flying. I'm going to I'm
0: going to fly home tomorrow.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm flying to to North Carolina on Tuesday of next week. Sweet. Uh, yeah, so I'll I'll be up in Charlotte on Friday. But yeah, I mean, like. Does it feel kind of surreal right now, I guess, is what I'm asking to be driving to a stadium that's going to be I, a
0: fairly normal football environment? I, I would say surreal. I'm just excited by it. I mean, it has – you know, I went to uh, a couple of games last year and that was that part was surreal. But it, it mm-hmm. felt like a, a – I felt great to be in, in that environment and I'm looking forward to it today.
1: Awesome. I thought it was pretty cool on the podcast when you – I don't know how long you've been telling folks, but I thought it was pretty awesome that you just did just what you did. Let's just go. I mean, football is back, and, and you went right to a week zero game and, and a place that's close to your heart. I think that's that's pretty awesome. So uh, I commend I commend your your perseverance through this, even uh, on the brink of the season that it is uh, going to be uh, an exciting one. And, and you're, you're easing into it. You're going to be stretched out for uh, for Charlotte when everybody else is going to be a little stiff coming out for their first game. You're going to be in,
0: in, in much better game shape. Well, you know, everybody says the most improvement a team makes is from week one to week two. So I'm, I'm going to be ready to roll next week.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm expecting your mind to be pretty limber here in a few hours. <laughs> give,
0: me, give me about 35 minutes. <laughs> there you go. Perfect.
1: Well, before we wrap it up and let you uh, make it – make it way to the stadium. Is there anything else that anybody wants to chime in about and uh, or anything they're doing this weekend to, to celebrate the season?
0: Guys, I just appreciate you, you doing this. Look forward to doing this more during the season. Yeah, I
1: think yeah. it's fun. We're I, I think it's a fun way to just get out some of the uh, pregame jitters and maybe some late news comes around. So I, I appreciate you, you joining us and um, I've been, Scrolling uh, the show on, on, on the live feed here, but be sure to subscribe and listen to the waiting Since Last Saturday podcast. It's sort of the gold standard for podcast and Georgia uh, Georgia community. Uh, I believe over 270 episodes, and, and Graham and I would only, would only hope to get to a fraction of that. Uh, he is Tony Waller. Uh, I am Josh Hancher at Dog, uh, and you're Tyler Dog Ben on the Twitter. On the Twitter's. I, on the Twitter's, I am dog underscore stats on the Twitter, and I am now. I got up. one. Okay, I got one in.
2: parting thought for you, real quick. And, I was going to uh, turn it
1: over, and let you close this out. So good, good. No,
2: you're good. Sorry. Uh, two things. One, uh, last week, I think Rusty Manziel said on their podcast uh, that Lad McConkey could lead Georgia in receptions this year, and everyone said he was crazy. But one of our deep state inside sources yesterday. Uh, told us that he might not be so crazy after all, so get ready for Ladfest 2021. And then second of all, nobody on Georgia's defensive line is injured as of yet, and I think that's probably the most important thing that we need to remember going into Clemson week. That's all I got.
1: I love that, actually. And, you know, we did find out, it sounds like uh, Tate Rattledge won a spot on the right guard position, and that means Salier's on the left side, which is exciting. That is exciting. Um, so, I didn't realize that. So, yeah, um, that's what the report was, and uh, that's 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 great news. I, I that's a great point to, to close us out on. I'm actually going to be posting a story on the O line and D line for the Clemson game on Dog Sports. So, uh, check that out, as always, check out Graham's uh, content on Dogsports.com. And uh, we appreciate it, Tony. Be safe and have fun, and uh, thanks again for joining us.
0: Go line, no up. Enjoy, enjoy it. We'll see y'all. Later, man. Thanks for coming on. All right, cool. Yeah, I got it. I got a bug so I can get in touch with him.